Hello and welcome to episode 96 of the Mathematics Podcast. I'm Mitch and with me as always is Joe. Hello Mitch, how are you? I'm alright, I don't know what the, where that came from, sorry. The professionalism. Maybe I'm looking for a new job as an announcer, maybe. Maybe. Mm. Apparently I've got to talk about this, but I, I'm out of work. You don't know, that. maybe you can jump on the podcast and someone that listens to our show can go, I really want to hire that guy. Yeah, maybe, yes. So, so for the last 24 and a half years, I did work for a company and they decided to shut down the factory. Mm-hmm. And it was a nice golden handshake. They said, here you go. Thanks. And that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with the idea of that. It's been a long, drawn out, near 18 month process of shutting down. So it's not like it was a shock to the system. It's just been long and yeah. drawn out. Yeah, it's just gotten quieter and more lazy. Because there's been less and less work, so it's just been drawn out as long as it could be. So I'm glad it's over. Mm-hmm. Now i just got to find a new job. Yes. That's the difficult part, isn't it? Yeah. So if anyone knows anyone who's sort of an okay designer slash process engineer slash problem solver slash prepress slash prototyper <laughs> slash mock-up artist, podcaster, ex-wrestler, you know, anything, you know, just... With 24 and a half years experience. So, yeah, just shout out yeah, to our three listeners, please, you know, if you know. <laughs> that'd be great. So, mm. you never know. There might be someone out there that's sitting there going, oh. I like the cut of that man's jib. Exactly. We need him for mm. voiceover work as long as we can, you know, handle all the coughing and bad enunciation. Yeah. Mm. But anyway. Mind you, you don't know all the coughing I do. Joe does a great job editing them out. Yeah, if we had a cough button, that would be better, and then I wouldn't have to edit them out. That's true. Yeah. How do you find a cough button? <coughs> <laughs> See, I'll just leave that one in just for the sake of it. Anyway, now that you're out of work, are you doing anything interesting? No, because I'm too guilty to do anything until I find a new job. Hmm. Well, I figured we should maybe we should talk about Halloween, Halloween. since Halloween was last week. That's true. And both of us have small children. Yours are smaller than mine. Yes, yours is a giant. Yeah. He's 11 and he's already almost you know, tall as me, taller than his mum already, mm. wearing the same size shoes as his grandfather. So yeah, the joys of having a child that hits puberty early, I think. So he's getting around his grandpa's shoes. Not quite Isn't that yet. a country song? No. Isn't no. it a line from Thrift Shop by Macklemore? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, but yeah, he's in a, a men's size eight already and he's 11 years old. So he is going to be a tall Men's boy. size eight? That's my village people cover band. <laughs> But anyway, he was actually away at camp, so he didn't get to partake in Halloween this didn't year. Didn't they do anything at camp for Halloween? They had a disco, but it wasn't Halloween-themed. Oh. So they could have played Monster Mash and all Much those other songs that are about people, Halloween. People, Thriller. I'm sure there's others. I can't think of them off the top of my head. The Blob. Beware of the Blob. Bert Bacharach. I don't know song. From the Blob. From the movie from The, the movie Blob. blob. Bert Bacharach wrote it. Okay. Put it at the end of this episode. All right, I'll try and Challenge. find it. If not, I'll have to find something else Halloween specific, even though we've passed Halloween. It's but no. Bert Bacharach is a genius. Yes, he is. And Dionne Warwick's in town at the moment. Is she? Yes. I didn't even know she was still alive. Really. No, she's touring. She played Crown. Yeah. Oh, she did Sydney last week or something. Mm. So that'd be a good concert. Do you know? Because it's... Bloody Bert Bacharach. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Unless she did that stuff that she used to do from Solid Gold with uh, Madam the, the Little Puppet. What? Dion Warwick. The puppet I, Madam I from Solid Gold was no. based on Dion Warwick. Really? Yeah. See, Solid Gold was a thing that was on where it wasn't the news, so I'd sort of watch it, but I didn't like the music, so I sort of tolerated it, but didn't really enjoy it. Yeah. And the Solid Gold dancers just exactly. became the, the punchline to a joke, really, didn't it? It wasn't film clips. It mm. was... 
crap. Yes. Anyway, we've gone slightly off topic. We were going to talk about Halloween. Halloween. Okay, so so they had crap disco for Halloween. They did. So we won't talk about that. No. And I wasn't there, so I don't really know. Oh, okay. But anyway, normally my kids do a bit of trick-or-treating because one of the mums in my neighbourhood, I think I mentioned this last year. And the year before. Probably. And the year before that. Yeah, we've been doing this a while. Anyway, one of the mums in my neighbourhood puts a balloon in everyone's letterbox and says, if you want to tr- join in on trick-or-treating, put your balloon on your mailbox and between six and eight, kids will come around and if you've got a balloon, they'll they'll come to your door and if you don't, they won't. Mm-hmm. And if your kids want to partake in trick-or-treating, only go to the houses that have balloons. This sounds very much like using innuendo for safe sex talk. Maybe your balloon is. on your mailbox exactly. and only if it's safe to do treat. Hmm. Yeah. Take it both ways, kids. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. But my youngest was... That too? Yeah. My youngest had been sick leading up to Halloween and we weren't sure if he would actually make it to trick-or-treating. Was he bitten by a wolf? Was no. it a full moon? No, he had a touch of the flu and he had a very high fever. But earlier in the week, we'd gone out to Spotlight and he'd bought himself a new ninja costume. Because the year before, I actually did a handmade ninja costume where he just wore black track pants and a black shirt. And I watched a clip on YouTube of how to make a ninja mask out of a t-shirt where you kind of just have the neck hole over your eyes and then tie the sleeves behind your head. And I thought it was pretty effective, but he decided that he wanted an, a new costume. Okay, so not a ninja as in a South African rapper? No. No. No, Di Antwerp here. <laughs> But the costume that we ended up getting, because we went to Spotlight because he needed a new sword because he broke his plastic ninja sword. And while we were there, he saw the costume and he was like, can I have one of those? And I figured, well, yeah, may as well. But it was more of a Mortal Kombat sort of ninja with a skull mask and a hood and a tunic that goes over the top. Mm. But anyway, so Angus was dressed as the Mortal Kombat type ninja. Yeah. Unfortunately, we only managed to go around two of the streets of our three little streets that we normally hit. But your streets are pretty popular. They should be. Well, it it should be a it pretty a ample bucket of lollies. He didn't get that much because no. there was an awful lot of construction going on in my neighbourhood. They're knocking down a lot of the old houses and they're building units and townhouses. So there's a lot of empty blocks. And I, I don't know, it, it just didn't seem as big as last year. Well, I did two years with you guys. Yeah. Or three. No, two. Oh, maybe three. Yeah, and it seems to have dropped off in the last one I went to. Yeah. So maybe people are getting sick of it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it wasn't quite as big. And my wife and my mother-in-law stayed at our house and handed out the lollies. And they had you know bags and bags of lollies and they only gave out about half of them. So maybe it is getting a bit smaller. I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of official ones now. Yeah. And that's what we did. So well, it's, get a, it's a good segue into yours. But yeah, there was a couple of really good costumes any skanky mums? No. Oh, there was hardly any mums. I think the kids now are getting that little bit older, so they're going out on their own. There was one dad that was dressed as Randy Savage, which I got a bit of a chuckle out of. Yeah. At first, I thought maybe he was just mm-hmm. a typical reservoir sort of scum bucket, <laughs> but he was wearing snakeskin leggings, boots, <laughs> a purple singlet, and had a bandana on. But I realized by the fact that he had the big sunglasses and his hands were taped up like the Macho Man that he was probably meant to be the Macho Man. From what I said to him, I, I like your, your costume. He went, dig it. So he obviously was Macho Man. So. And it's cool. I like but, it. Yeah, I think I kind of fall into the old school mentality that you should make your own costume rather than just going and buying a costume. That being said, we did go and buy Angus a costume rather than what making one ourselves. What did you wear? Uh, pretty didn't. princess? Because I, I didn't think I was going to be going. So previously I have 
dressed up as a zombie. And one year I did the ICP face makeup and I went as Violent J. But this year I got home from work just as he was about to go out. You should have gone as Shaggy too dope and just run up and drunk and people and miss them <laughs> all together. But no, I, did, I didn't actually dress up this year, so unfortunately. But yeah, it was smaller than normal. Not as many good costumes. Again, there was the lazy kids that had their parents drive them around and just stop in front of the houses so they could they jump out. They little fatties. They were little fatties. Yeah, yeah. of course they were. Yeah. Free lollies, no walking. Hmm. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of people that complain that Halloween's a very American thing and they shouldn't do it. But I do like the community aspect of going out in your own neighbourhood and, and doing things. Like we, we actually got to talk to our neighbours who we hardly ever talk to except when the kids kick their oh, hoodie over that. the wall. But their kids are out dressed in costumes and had a chat with them. But that was kind of nice. Good costumes. Bought costumes Bought if you costumes. judge them. Yes. But, but I do notice there is a lot more, I think, more horror now. Like previously you'd see kids dressed up as superheroes and stuff like that. But a lot of the kids were you know, zombies or vampires and stuff. So I do like that. Yep. But anyway, how about your Halloween? Well, um, like I said, I first started doing it with your kids. That's the <laughs> Halloween that is. Um, with mine, my, when mine was very young. Yep. So I actually carried him and the lollies all the way around, what, four blocks or whatever it was. Yeah. That was stupid. I should have bought a stroller. You should have. Um, then took him around in the next year. Then I got a daughter in that time. So she's in that young thing. So I was like, okay, it's that. We've got to balance things out here. They can't walk on their own with the second. So last year, I think, I can't remember if I did it with you guys or not, but we on no, Halloween night, we went, went to Werribee Zoo and they yeah. did Boo at the Zoo, which I would have talked about last year, but essentially yeah. it was organised by them. They had stations around the zoo. You walked around and got lollies. It was fine for what it was. It was exciting, but... It was also hosted or sponsored by WizFizz. Okay. So all the lollies were the same at every station. So there was no real variety. So you came home with a lot of the same old shit. Hmm. And it cost a lot to get in and do. So it was like, okay, it was fine. We did it once. I wouldn't do it again. Did the animals dress up? No. Well, unless the tigers were dressed as cheetahs and I had no idea. And no, I know there's no tigers at Werribee Zoo. I'm just using words. But this year, What's Urnia, which is where I grew up, which is only like seven minutes away or yep. seven Ks away, they did Watsylvania. So it's a strip shop. It's a great, you know, it's you don't get them much anymore in the newer states, but it's a couple hundred metres long as a shop with a supermarket and 47 pizza shops and five chemists and things like that. But it's an old school strip shop, which is yep. great. And they organised Watsylvania. So the, school, the library put on a haunted house and did photos and then there was all the shops that partook, you know, said... If this got the sign, come and, you know, we'll trick or treat and okay. stuff. And there's got like roving entertainers as well. So I was like, oh, yeah, we'll do that. And the mother's group joined in. They thought they'd do it too. But sorry, let's go back. I was, I don't, I don't want to call it unemployed. Let's call it retired. Shall I? I'm retired at the moment. I'm a man of leisure. So I was home that day. And Bandura Shopping Square had a thing where it's like, if your kids come in costume, go to the shops with the sign, they'll get trick-or-treating. So we started our trick-or-treating about 11 o'clock in the day. Awesome. So Georgia dressed as Chase from, yes, they're all bought costumes, don't judge. Chase from Paw Patrol and Jackson was Superman and we went around the Bandura Square and they all had sort of the same pumpkin, plastic pumpkin and the same lollies inside. So whoever organised it sort of organised it for yep. the, the shops that were involved. And there's a tattooist place down there and they're all excited. And there's some crazy woman at the front dressed as some sort of schoolgirl zombie but she might have been in her 50s it was kind of scary okay and she was very chatty but she didn't even work there 
She's like, I'm giving him out a lot. She goes, I better not give him out. I don't even work here. So this guy tattooing some lady, and then this dude comes out, big guy, and then he goes, well, better put on. So he's put on this fucking, he's got like chainmail and fur, and he puts on a big fuck off Viking helmet. And then a girl in Day of the Dead sort of makeup came out, and another girl just a zombie. And then they take my son into the thing, and they go, we want a photo. So he just sort of walks in and has this very serious look on his face while they pose with him. Now, I didn't see this photo, but a friend of ours from the mother's group, she does like this. It's where she gets her tattoos. Okay. So she goes, your son's famous. So it was posted on their Facebook group. So there's little Superman Jackson in this tattooist photo with a Viking and zombie. It was very strange. Hmm. So we that's how the day started. Then it was in the afternoon. So it started at four. So we went to Watsylvania and we did the haunted house, which my son and wife went in. They sort of did their bit and it was a bit like, okay, we'll be George won't like it we won't take her in she's only like two and a bit so then we went to the library had a photo there and then we went down and started at the supermarket and worked all the way up with all the other kids they were doing face paintings so they did face painting at the front of the pharmacy and it was just kind of well organized and we ended up at pedro's pizza which is my pizza shop from when i was a kid like that's my pizzas were 18 bucks yeah in 1984 or 85 when i started having pizza from this place they were 18 bucks it tells you they used to be a novelty twice a year thing. It's funny, isn't it? Because pizza used to be expensive. Yeah. And then they went through the whole pizza and that's wars. It's still an expensive pizza shop compared to what you can get at other places. Yeah. But yeah, it was always that much. It's mm. pretty much been a constant. So we ended up having dinner there with all the other kids from it and it was great. So yeah, so Jackson was was Superman all day. He was gonna be Batman all week. And he goes, What are you gonna wear, Dad? And I was like, Well, I've only got a Superman costume. He's like, Well, I'm gonna wear Superman too. I was like, All right, same as last year. <laughs> Um, so we did that and then Georgia she, Jackson he likes dressing up so Halloween's not a big deal <coughs> for dressing up it's just another excuse and he doesn't need much of an excuse and he lo- he's got a pirate costume we've got all the hand-me-downs from other friends and this and that so he's got a fair few costumes there and he likes his pirate one he was wearing it the other day and my daughter goes I want a pirate so we went and Sally went and bought a cheaper pirate you know yeah. a, a decent one it was cool she looks very cute in it and then we went to Costco on, on the day yeah. and they had some costumes there Okay. And for 20 bucks, there was this kick-ass pirate costume. And it's like, oh, 20 bucks, got to get it for her. And she looked freaking adorable in it. So so it came with a DVD burner and a spool of discs? Yeah. You want to steal a car? No, but I'd make a copy. Yeah, so Georgia looked adorable. And okay. so she was this pirate and her best friend, Claudia, who they're the same age. They were like holding hands all the way down. Looking adorable. Superman. Batman was still Superman. Jackson was still Superman. He didn't get changed. So that was all well and good. But my best thing for Halloween was when we were at Costco because Jackson was in costume all day. Yeah. It was just a photo. My wife pointed, go get a photo of that. And it's just walking down this empty aisle. Jackson just walking, cape billowing, just an empty photo in the aisles of Costco. It just looked perfect. perfect. Yeah. So, like, so I took a picture of it, put it on my social medias, and it's probably my most ever liked photo on all the different social it medias. It was a damn good photo. It just, I want to frame it. I think I want to print it and get it framed. It just looks cool. And I had to find a really inspiring Superman quote to go with the photo just to make it more pretentious. Yeah. It's definitely pretentious because I was going to do a Costco joke about protecting the eyes of Costco. It was like, that'll ruin it. So, yeah, I went, I went pretentious <laughs> instead. Yeah, so that was sort of my Halloween. Okay. It was kind of cool. Hmm. Like, it's weird. Like, is it American? Yes. Is it commercial? Fuck yes. Yeah, but it's no more commercial than Christmas. Oh, God, no. I mean, it's, I mean, I, at least I know the story of Christmas. <laughs> you know, I know that Jesus was born, allegedly. <laughs> You know, that sort of thing where I don't know what All Hallows Eve is all about. I don't know the history of the costumes of Jack Lanson. Yeah, I'm not sure what the story of Halloween actually is either because it goes back to Celtic traditions. So everyone that's like, oh, it's an American thing. Halloween itself 
Isms. No, but the costumes but the, and the candy. The dressing and all up this and trick or treating, yeah. I think, is American. But yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I, I love the aesthetic and I, I, I like the slutty costumes. Don't get me wrong. I'm, you know, I'm superficial that way. What I found out, they're skanky. <laughs> Skanky's not nice. Slutty, good. Skanky. No, I saw some skanky. Yeah, I was like, mm, nah, no, mm. doesn't work. Yeah, so I get into it. I love it. And the other podcasts I do with geek dudes, like Chris Fresh, he loves his Christmas. His tree went up today. Yeah. I saw that. He was like, oh, Yesterday, I think. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's a bit early. It's November now. You can put your tree up. No. Well, my rule is at least let my birthday go past. 26th November, if anyone wants to give an unemployed man some presents, you know, Mm. that's the way to go. Retired, unemployed. Mm. Depends what gets me more pity. So, yeah, he loves his Christmas. He doesn't, he thinks Halloween's a pretender to the crown. It's like, no, they're, they're not competing. I don't do Thanksgiving. And that's a very much American thing. Yeah. You know, it's like Americans don't celebrate Australia Day. And fair enough, too. Not, a, not all Australians celebrate Australia Day. But Halloween, to me, is the gateway to Christmas. It's sort of like it builds the party going, all right, it starts now. Let's get going. And my birthday, smack bang in the middle, around Thanksgiving time. So I could probably turn Thanksgiving into my birthday. Mitch giving. <sighs> Perfect. We this could all have, a, have a big roast turkey and pumpkin oh, pie fuck and that. All that stuff. Chicken tenders. Yeah. <laughs> not popcorn chicken. We won't talk about that. No. Donate a bucket of popcorn chicken, people. Mm. Unless you want to throw up on your shoes. <laughs> anyway. So, so, so yeah, so I, I do like Halloween for the horror element. Uh, not that I'm a big horror movie fan anymore like I used to, but I, I do like the fun. But even the fun of Halloween, like it's funny. Like there's Disney cartoons, like the, what's the name of Sleepy Hollow? Yeah. Legend of Sleepy Hollow and things like that. You know, so there's, there's a nice family element to Halloween. But yes, there is no, you can't turn around and say trick-or-treating, oh, it goes back to the traditional, no, it is very much American. I don't have a problem with that. It's just a bit of fun. Is it community-driven? No, it's greed-driven. But it's getting there, though. <laughs> but it's, like they said, the, the Watsonia shops put it on and it was a great event. Like, people were there, we were out there with friends, they were all dressed in costumes, they were all excited. It was fun. I don't have a problem with fun. No. If people have a problem with fun, I, I don't get it. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Yeah, the horse racing, people don't have a problem. They say up to the cup. I can get that. I, I get that. But Halloween's not hurting anyone. There's no razor blades in in apples or whatever. And it's not like, you know, deviants are handing out pills and MDMA and that sort of stuff to kids because it's too expensive to give It's free drinks. But anyway. Yes. yes. All right. So that was Halloween. Hmm. Now, we did say that you haven't really been gaming much based on the fact that you kind of guilt. felt guilty. Yes, yeah. guilt. So it's like, well, I'm also doing a course. I'm, I'm nearly finished a, a a cert for in TAE, which is training and assessment, which means I can also teach if you're anyone looking for a job. I could work for an RTO or a TAFE. There you go. Uh, yeah, there you go. So this is my job job application here. <laughs> so I, I've got to finish that and all these sort of things. So out of guilt, it's sort of like, I really should be looking for a job. I really should be finishing my course. I really shouldn't be gaming or anything like that. So I haven't been deep diving into a game. Even on my mobile, I don't really have much going on, except I did buy a game cheap last week. And I played for about an hour. Okay. Yes, but it's called Midnight Deluxe. It was one of the games on special. It was like $6. It's like, oh, that looks like a good cheapie. And it's kind of Angry Birds-ish in mechanics. Okay. Where you, you play a cube, it's a side-scrolling sort of one screen is it. There's no moving. And you've got to fling the cube into a hole. Very simple. Sounds but right. But there's obstacles in the way. So you have hold down the button and you move the analog stick. And the further you move it, the longer the tail goes. Like when you draw back an Angry Birds. Like okay. the, yeah. the further back you pull, the bigger the, the spring is. Yep. So a little bit and it goes a little way. 
long way it goes too far and you sort of do a spring it so it might take three moves to get to where you need to because there might be platforms you might have to avoid something you might have to trigger something to get to something else and it's just very basic and i got through i played for about an hour and like, yeah i've got my six bucks worth and haven't gone back okay but that's as close as i've got to gaming so do you game well, I've played a little bit more of the New Japan DLC for Fire Pro Wrestling World, but I got to a stage where I was, I think it came up and said I was about 12% of the story and I was thinking, wow, how much of this is there? But I did a whole year worth of New Japan and their equivalent of WrestleMania is Wrestle Kingdom and that normally happens in January every year and I got to be number one contender and I got to have my title match at Wrestle Kingdom and I was thinking wow what are they going to do after this and I won the title at Wrestle Kingdom and then the next thing it takes you back to the very start of the year as a different character and you have to do it all again and I was like well I've just spent all this time building up this character I don't really want to start again with a new character that's what I hate about that sort of shit so yeah I was a little bit annoyed with that so I don't know exactly how many hours i put into that particular mode but i'm now up to 160 hours in total of fire pro wow okay so yeah I've, I've been doing a lot but they did just announce that they are doing more of the fighting road dlc and they're going to do a, a junior heavyweight title coming up so when that comes out i have already bought the season pass so when that comes out early next year i think i'll be diving into that other than that i've only played a little bit of console gaming i think i mentioned a couple of episodes ago that i picked up death squared which is a, a puzzle game where you're controlling two little robots and you control one with one thumbstick and one with the other thumbstick and you have to move them from one place to another on the screen avoiding obstacles but i've realized there is actually a two-player mode of that so my son and i were playing a little bit of that over the weekend and his idea of how to do physics puzzles and my idea of how to do physics puzzles are very different mm. but then he realized that if you make the robots fall off the edge they make a weird screaming noise and that put him in fits of laughter so here am i trying to seriously finish these puzzles while he's just throwing his robots willy-nilly off the edge of the screen so Hmm. that didn't quite go as planned but yeah other than that i haven't really been gaming a lot either i may have learned about that game thing yeah yeah well I, my son has discovered like we don't let him play too many games one the frustration like you've got an older son so you he's discovering how to break a game yeah where i got a son who doesn't understand how to game yeah so it's like i want to do this thing it's like then do the thing and it's like oh and he throws it around and yeah it's, okay i'm not ready for that to explain and have the patience to do it not that I'm not, not patient if you're looking for someone for, to work. I'm very patient. <laughs> great with children and old people. But the Wii is perfect for a lot of things. So yeah. playing Wii Sports Resort a bit, which is 2009. I can remember when you first got that Wii. I was trying to... Well, I nearly killed you. Yeah. You, we were boxing. doing fine with the, the bowling and the tennis was a, a little bit strenuous. But then when we tried to box each other, I, I think I had a coronary. I thought you did. Yeah. You had to sit down. I did. Like we were playing madness. <laughs> yeah, so we've been playing a bit of that. And I'm getting into it going, I want to get back into this. Because there's, uh, there's stuff to unlock, which I just never finished back then. I just didn't. Mm. I kept buying more and more because I was back into gaming. So I kept looking for the next fix as opposed to let's finish this one thing. So, yeah, he's really getting into that. So I'm enjoying oh, the Wii again. Like I'm sort of looking at my other my old Wii games going, oh, maybe I should pull that out. Maybe I should pull that out. But anyway, so I'm doing that. But bloody ads on Instagrams and things like that. I, I did download a game for my mobile today, which I think you would probably take to more than me. I'm going to give me this my 10 minutes and be done with it. But it's um, 80s Mania Wrestling something. And it's, uh, what are they, when you put a show on? 
you know, you don't actually do a game wrestling, but you've got to book a card. And oh, okay. So it's like a wrestling promoter game. Yeah. Yep. You've got $1,000 or $10,000 to start with, and you've got to book a promoter, or you've got to grab a booker. So you get Mr. Greenhorn, who's no, no experience, but really energetic. And then you've got this experienced middle guy, and then you've got the, oh, he's a bit of an ass, but, you know, he's guaranteed to make you money. So okay. you've got to. Spend your money there, and then you've got to put on a show. And all right, to start off, there's already a card, but you just have to put on a main event. So you've got to choose who's going to challenge the heel. And because it's 80s versions of characters, there's like a Punky Brewster character. There's a what's the name from Red, like Red Racer, is okay. one of the characters. So it's all 80s themed characters. Like there's Johnny Cobra, which is the guy from Karate Kid. That sounds Johnny? awesome. Yeah. So that's what I like about it is the 80sness of it all. And it's sort of like, okay, can I, will I, should I get into this? So I've put two shows on so far. Second one, I put a local talent against the a heel in the main event and I did very badly in the show because you're up against two other promotions and they sort of rank you against that and how much money you get and you get promotions, you get sponsors, you get more talent and all this sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, my second night I didn't do terribly well. So don't pull on local talent um, in the main event apparently. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so I was sort of like, it's potentially up my alley just with the weird 80s-ness of all the characters they're inventing. That sounds cool. I might have to check that out. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I thought you might like it more than me. Yeah. But yeah, I, it's something I will endeavour to and then give up pretty quickly like most games. Hmm. All right, shall we move on to television? You go first because you've got more to talk about. All right, so around this time of year being Halloween as well, they normally bring out a new season of American Horror Story. And this year, thankfully, Foxtel is actually showing it pretty much same day as US, which they previously hadn't done. Last year, I was getting my American Horror Story fix through nefarious means, but now I can watch it legally through Foxtel. But unfortunately, it hasn't really grabbed me. The premise of this year's season is Apocalypse, and it's a bunch of people in a fallout shelter. And I think the fact that it is very much a contained cast, and instead of having different characters all the time, it's the same people pretty much in the same situation. So there's no flashbacks to get their backstory, or it's just no, the ongoing so story of them in? So I'm only four episodes in so far, and it is typical American Horror Story where they've still got the same actors that have been in all the other seasons just playing different characters now. So you've got Sarah Paulson's back, and uh, Evan Peters, who was really good in the last season, which isn't quite as good as he was in the last season but yeah I don't, I don't know I think I probably need to give it a little bit more time being the fact that I only four four episodes into a 10 episode season but it hasn't quite grabbed me quite as much as other ones had yep. hmm. but I'm willing to give it a go something else horror related that I did try and I probably won't go back to but Netflix has just released The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina mm-hmm. which is the new dark telling of Sabrina the Teenage Witch Yep, and I I know we've probably mentioned it before. Both of us were Melissa Joan Hart fans when we was. talked about Melissa I mean, and was. Joey. But yeah, I was a massive still, yeah, well, I was a massive fan of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and I would still watch that now. And after watching the first episode of the new Sabrina on Netflix, I just wanted to go back and watch old Melissa Joan Hart Sabrina. <laughs> I found it interesting, but I found it a bit too slow. Maybe that's just because I have no that's attention span TV, anymore. I think, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm longing for the days of Fall Guy and yeah. Knight Rider, I think, where it's like every episode was self-contained. Every episode was someone's first episode. Well, I, we'll get onto that later. I think this is a bit of a slow burn, and I just didn't well, this have the, the same for it. Well, this is the same producer who does all the Supergirl, DC, yeah. Arrow, Flash. And Riverdale. So it's from the same people who do Riverdale, and that's definitely a slow burn. But Riverdale's just nuts. Mm. And 
I was hoping it was going to be a bit sort of nuts, but I'm hearing it's a bit more grounded, even though it's got the supernatural evil or satanic or coven stuff going on. It could have been crazy. Well, Sabrina's based on an Archie comic. Yeah. So it's it's set in the Archie universe. Exactly, yeah. And she's a teenage witch. So it's 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 a kiddie comic and it was for jokes and for laughs and all those sort of things for so long. And yep. that's when they did the Sabrina Cardoon, it was fine. Um, and then they did the Melissa Joan Hart TV show, it was a comedy. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's a teenage comedy, which is what the book what the comic was. Yeah. In the last 10 years or so, Archie's been doing some really interesting stuff in the comics. So you can still buy your Archie comics because he's essentially looked the same since the 50s. I think he's been around since the 40s. I think so, yeah. But he's the look of the Archie in the comics and the cartoon and the song Sugar Sugar and all this sort of stuff has essentially been the same since the 50s. That hasn't changed. They've updated the storylines and everything, but he still kind of dresses like a 50s preppy. But yeah, in the last 10 years or so, they've done some really interesting stories like Afterlife with Archie. And it's the Archie universe with the Archie characters, but it's in a zombie apocalypse. And it's dark and nasty. It's like, yes, it's it, that's Archie and that's Veronica and that's Jughead. But it's, yeah, in this yep. zombie apocalypse. They've done some weird crossovers with other comic characters. They've done a well, they did Batman the one with the Punisher. And they did the crossover with Glee, didn't they? They did, yes. Yeah. So it, it, they're, they're of a time, but they're sort of of every time. It's really weird in that way. So they've done this like Afterlife and they've also done the, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. So they did a dark, nasty, witchy version of the Sabrina comic. And I've heard this isn't as good. The TV show isn't as good as the comic is. But for whatever, for whatever reason that is, I don't know. But I haven't watched it yet. I'm kind of interested, but I am struggling to get through Riverdale as it is. So to get through something else with all the other shows that are out at the moment is just not not high on the agenda at the moment. But no. I was when they announced it, I was excited. Yeah, me too. And I thought, yeah, I'll give this a go. But I'm really against dropping a whole season at once at the moment. After really getting into Castle Rock, even though I was just kind of disappointed with the ending, but I'm not. It was great to be on that 10-week journey. Yep. Where... You know, I've heard people that get in there and they'll binge a show and they'll go, oh, it's not as good. Well, it's like, well, I'm not going to start it then if it's not as good. Yeah. You know, where even though you give it a few episodes because it might be okay, or it might get better, but once you're already sort of committed to four weeks of thinking about it and you've gone four weeks in going, oh, it might get better, you're sort of committed then. You might stick for the, ne- the next six or so if it's a 10-week season. If people are binging and they've already said, oh, you know, it's all right, yeah. then you're not going to jump in and go, oh, I'll give it another three to go. I don't know. It's just... I don't seem to be as committed to shows like that now. Mm. I, I, I do with, I do miss that. You're getting with American Horror Story. It's weekly. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like you just seem to be able to digest it a little better. Well, the next thing I'm going to mention, I did binge watch. Yeah. And that's another Netflix show called Atypical, mm-hmm. which is about a couple who are played by Michael Rappaport and Jennifer Jason Lee, who have an autistic teenager who is just coming up to about 18, finishing high school. And it's the story of them raising this teenager and the issues that having a autistic child Oh, so present. it's not a magical autistic child? No. Oh, thank Christ. It's, it's really gritty, realistic, just, yeah, real. But it's also about how... It, it, in a way, it's centred around the child himself and his younger sister who is kind of lost in the shadows of the fact that they are bringing up this child who has his own mm. special issues, I guess. But it's also about the dynamic of the relationship of how it affects their marriage and the fact that she spent her whole life being a mum and doesn't really have her own 
life anymore because she's yep. so caught up in the fact that she's always looking after the son. And there is two seasons on Netflix. I've finished the first season and I I think it's probably close to being one of the best shows I've watched this year. Mm-hmm. I, I heard a lot of things about it and really thought, yeah, maybe I should give this a go. And I'm really glad I did. They're only sort of 35, 40 minute episodes, 10 episodes in the first season. And I churned through it in a week. Again, you talk about whether things are binge-worthy or not. I found this to be one of those programs where as soon as an episode finished, I'd sort of go, you know, it's 10.30 at night. I can probably get away with watching another one before I go to bed. And, yeah, I, I burned through that really quickly. Mm. And I would recommend it. Like, I'm not sure if it is your sort of program. Yeah, there is touches of comedy in it that are really well done, but the seriousness to it is is really well done as well. So, yeah, okay. I really enjoyed it. But yeah, other than that, I've sort of just dabbled a little bit with like returning seasons of other shows, like Making a Murder have just have just dropped the second season again. I'm not sure if I'm enjoying that quite as much as I did the first season because now it's a lot more technical. Mm. Because in the first season it was did he do it, did he not do it, where do you stand on it sort of thing. And now it's more the story of his lawyer that he's got and how she's going about finding the evidence to take it to court to prove that he didn't well, The thing it. is, the first one, we didn't know anything. No. And there's a big story there. Yeah, to, exactly. To pass. And there's been a lot spoken about since. Yeah. You know, the doco is one version of the story. They didn't show this, this and this. So there's there's facts left out of the original. Yeah. So you sort of watch it with that, oh, okay, they didn't tell you this bit and they didn't say this bit. So, so now you sort of, you can go in a little bit more prepared saying, is he the angel they prepared him to be? Is he this? Is he that? And it's only been, what, two, three years since? So there's not like a lot's happened in that time? Yeah. Well, basically the last season dropped in 2016. And this is all just what they've been doing as far as progressing the case and mm. trying to get an appeal in and, and stuff. So you finished it? No, I'm only five episodes in, so I'm halfway through. Has he seen WrestleMania yet? No. Oh. His nephew, Brendan, is still in oh. incarcerated. Okay. And it, it's kind of broken into two stories, whereas the first one was pretty much about Stephen Avery and a little bit about his nephew. Mm. This one is because they're they're different lawyers that are doing the cases to try and appeal them. There's the one high-power lawyer that's trying to help Stephen and then there's this sort of advocacy group that try and the help Freedom. Them. Yeah. Freedom Syndicate? No, what are they called? I can't remember I can't exactly remember. what they're called, but they're, they're basically an advocacy group that handle wrongful yep. incarceration. So you, you kind of get the two sides of the story. And it's quite interesting because a lot of the stuff that they're doing, they're doing you know, forensic testing and working out how blood drops would look and trying to go compared to the evidence that they had in the first one to sort of say, well, yeah, this has to be a planted evidence because this would never happen in the real world sort of thing. But previously I'd watched another Netflix crime show called The Staircase, yep, which is about a writer and former mayor of some sort of Connecticut town who was quite well off that was accused of murdering his wife. And previous wife to that. And previous wife, exactly. But in that, <laughs> he has this... Down a staircase. Yeah. <laughs> and it was all about whether the injuries that she could have sustained falling down the staircase, mm. you would have actually happened falling down the staircase or whether mm. he bashed her head in with a fire poker. Yep. But the difference in that is Stephen Avery is dirt poor. And he can't afford decent lawyers and he can't afford, you know, a a good defence. And that's part of why he ended up going to jail. Oh, but the the tragedy of the original one is he went to jail for years for something he didn't do on trumped up charges. Yeah. And then he sued the city 
and yep. the police department. That's right. Yep. And then got done for murder. Yeah, got out, was about to get his compensation and then got done and for murder. And blew all that money in lawyer fees yeah. and still went to jail for what appears in the documentary for something he didn't do. Yeah, exactly. But the guy in the staircase, he's this you know, multi-million dollar mm. author who apparently had lied about his service in Vietnam and wrote this book about what it was like to be a Vietnam veteran, but apparently he didn't actually see as much combat as he made out. But it's a fascinating doco because you do watch it going, he he gave full access to himself. Yeah. So during the court case, so it's not like he's in jail and they're sort of recreating stuff. It's, it's, it's no, he's going through the process of the trial, so he is still free. Yeah, and that's and, what's completely different. And yeah, you, the 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 crew are following him around, and they never really sort of they sort of bias towards him. But it's a very unbiased showing relative going. Yeah, we don't really know because yeah. they are talking to the prosecutors as well. Yeah, and and there's got access to the courtroom, yeah. which I didn't know they could do. So you've got the trial, and you've got both sides talking. So it, it really is a fascinating document. It's like ten parts or something. It's yeah, quite a few, I haven't actually got all the way through it because. By about six parts in, I was just like, fuck this guy, he deserves to go to jail. (laughs) And that really is the difference between, I can't even remember what the guy's name is from the staircase, but the difference, Michael something or other, but the difference between him, because he has money, he's still able to be free while he's proving his innocence, and he's got this million dollar law team, whereas Stephen Avery didn't have a chance, he was thrown in jail, and he's kind of got court-appointed lawyers, and he's just doing what he can while he's in, in, in jail. And he doesn't understand a lot of the Well, he's, he's not too bad. To his nephew is the... Uh-huh. I mean, that's the tragedy of it. Like that's, like you said, the first part was all about Stephen Avery. Yeah. And his, his nephew was... Brendan Dessie. Part of it. Yeah. Part of the story where he, he became a lot big part of the story because of the show. Yeah, exactly. Everyone sort of felt more sorry for him because it was such a, it appears, a travesty of justice. Yeah. Well, he was 16 when he was incarcerated and he's now 26 and he's still there. And he was, and by all reports and what it looks like, he was pushed into a confession. Yeah, coerced he, into a confession. He was told he'd go home, just say this and you'll go home. Yeah, and they, I just listened to the last podcast on the left, West Memphis 3 podcast. Yeah. And it sounds like one of the guys in that was quite simple. He had like a third grade mentality. Yeah. He was like a... Teenage boy or early 20s, I think teen. But he was the equivalent of a third grade education. And he was told the same sort of thing. It's like, just say this thing and your dad will come and get you. So he's admitting to all this sort of stuff. And when he realized he wasn't going home, he's admitting to more and more, thinking that I'm yeah. going to, you know, this is what's going to get me home. I just want to go home. What, what, what else do I have to say? So he's admitting more and telling more, making stuff up by the sound of it. And that in the end, was one of the big driving forces that incarcerated these innocent, I think they got out eventually. Eventually, they did. Um, these innocent boys. Yep. You know, it just, again, Stephen Avery was not the wrong side of the tracks because I think the whole town is the wrong side of the tracks, but he's the wrong side of the wrong side of the tracks. Yep. He was not liked by the community, obviously, but the, he, with the cops and that putting yeah, him exactly. away for so long and then he was going to sue them. There was all those sort of things against him. So who set him up? Why? We, we don't know the answer to this. Yeah, and we still don't. I assume it would be out in the social media. Oh, definitely. So yep. this doco is not going to answer anything yet. That's another reason I haven't jumped on it because it's not like there's a magic end. No, there's it's not the resolution. Jinx. It's not the jinx. Yep. We don't have that magic last episode. So I don't know what my point was there, but yeah, it's interesting. Hmm. It's just tragic. It is, and you look at it and you think the American legal system is so different to the Australian legal system because they've been tried separately even though Brendan's basically had this coerced confession saying that he was a part of it. But 
they're then trying to get him out. But if they get him out, they're not guaranteed that Stephen will get out. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. So, I, by the sound of it, from what you've said and with others, it, this one's more about the court system yeah, is, and trial yeah. system as opposed to the actual case, which mm. is probably important as well. It's sort of like if people don't know their rights. No, that, exactly. That's the thing. And I heard of one doco talk about court-appointed lawyers. It's not like they're terrible. Like These are people trying to do good work. But you have, and they worked it out, it's something like eight minutes of yeah. preparation time per yeah, case. Yeah, and that, that was in the latest episode oh, okay. I watched. They just talked about how they had... Like, they literally go yeah. from case to case. Yeah. They don't know the people. They get to read a brief on the trial and try and do their best to get them off. Yeah. That's the difference with a million dollar people with people on retainer. Going, yeah, exactly. All right, I'm going to get you off and mm-hmm. blood splatters and all those sort of things. It's, I mean, you look at the John Bonet Ramsey. You know, that's a very rich, powerful person and that sort of, we don't know who did that. We don't know anything, but a lot of things pointing in certain directions. But you got money, it helps. Yep. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Oh, but that, that's my television. Okay, well, mine's very, very simple. Like I said, a lot of shows are returned. So we've got Supergirl, we've got Flash, we've got Arrow, we've got all those staples of my viewing, which are just very basic and simple. Uh, the Good Place has returned, and it is fantastic. It's so good in its cleverness to just where the show goes. It does different things, and it's like, wow, I've not seen a show do that before. Just in its plotting and storytelling but just the asides as well and i love things like rick and morty and community and all those sort of shows that just have a weird aside and it's like my favorite bit of the family guy and those sort of things yeah and even this has that and i sent you a picture yeah i've seen that on a couple of places and twitter like he's from jacksonville one of the characters from jacksonville so they fly there the other day and they just walk off and it's just in the background they've gone to the effort to doctor up a sign that it's the Randy Macho Man Savage, not so international airport. Yeah. And it's got a two aeroplanes and the flying elbow silhouette of Randy Savage on the signage of the building. And it's just like that's one hell of a deep cut. They yeah. don't acknowledge it. It's just in the background. And it's just like, what? <laughs> it's like, who's that joke for besides me? Yeah. And it was just like gold. So obviously one of the writers must be a wrestling fan. It's bizarre. And like they've done a lot of stuff with this. They've been set, a lot of it in Australia. and There's a lot of very bad Australian accents going on. And they must have found a few more extras with better Australian accents or <laughs> Australian extras in, a, in America. So I th- wouldn't be that hard to find an Australian trying to become an actor in Hollywood at the moment. So they found some more. But there was one of the characters, Chibi, went through a shopping centre the other day. He's meant to be in Sydney. And there was a bit where he bought some lollies that were definitely not Australian lollies that he put. But he put them in some stag chilli. And stag chili is definitely <laughs> something we get here. Yep. And then there was Milo in the background. There were the twisties and cheesels. Okay. And it was like, hang on, that's Australian stuff. <laughs> it's like, oh. And, I mean, they don't exist over there. Trust me, I've been there and I look for snacks. I yep. love my snacks. It's like, someone knows something. Okay. You know, there must be an Aussie involved somewhere because they got that right. And they definitely had Australian money because they pull it out. And they ve- it was very bright. It wasn't real. The $20 was very red. 50 was very yellow. But it was like, it was definitely Aussie money, but it was just not real. But mm. it was like, hmm. So it's fun, just the little things like that, but it's such a good show. So I'm glad that's back. But one new show that I have been watching is Titans, which is on one of the many, many new streaming services that are out there, which is on the DC Universe streaming service, which is the most silliest streaming service I think that's out there. Okay. Now, DC streaming service is part of the Warner Brothers network, and apparently Warner Brothers is going to be bringing out their own streaming service soon, so... Why? I don't understand. But have I talked about it on here before? No. No. All right. So DC Streaming Universe is $7 a month US. I 
have acquired. I'm paying legit money for this thing, even though I shouldn't in Australia because it's not legally here yet. So you're getting it through your VPN still? Correct. But what it is, is it, it streams DC content. So DC as in DC Comics. So it's got all the Batman movies. Okay. Or the 1970s Wonder Woman TV series. It's got the Batman the Animated Series on there. It's got a, a lot of cartoons. It's got the shorts that came out, DC Nation, for a while there. They've got a daily sort of like DC chat show and things like that. But it's also got a forums that you can chat on. So it's, it's got a lot of movies and TV. Has it got DC Cab with Mr. T? No. No, it's oh, wrong DC. DC. It doesn't have. Yeah. Which is fine. It's very limiting. Yes, there is a lot of content out there now, but it doesn't have Supergirl or Flash or Arrow because they're sort of they're tied up in the other ones at the yeah. moment. So it's not like there's a lot of content coming. So if they're expecting people to pay 7 bucks a month, yeah. you've got to give them something. Yeah. So one new episode a week is essentially what you're getting at the moment. So there's a new show that just started called Titans, which is based on the Teen Titans, which is never a big deal for me. Like when I got into comics in 88, that was still a thing. But apparently early 80s, they were pushing with X-Men and things like that for popularity. They were very popular. Now, since that, we've had a lot of iterations of Titans cartoons as well. So there is a generation of people into these characters that I missed out on. Yeah. So there's the Teen Titans, Teen Titans Go. There's a bunch of iterations of it. And also Young Justice is essentially the Titans. Yeah. So... People are familiar with Starfire, Beast Boy, Robin, Raven, all these sort of characters. So so there's a built-in audience. I'll I'll, I'll grant it that. I'm not it. I know of them, obviously, but it's not my growing up. Because I remember my nephews, one wanted to be Robin. It's like, who wants to be Robin? But yeah, it's a different concept. For me, Robin is Burt Ward. It's like, no one wants to be Robin. (laughs) But yeah, it's different. Tim Drake or, you know, there's different versions of it. So DC launched with this new show called Titans. Now, this is going to run for its 10, 12 episodes or whatever. Then there's going to be another show called Doom Patrol that's going to run. And then another show, I think, is Swamp Thing. And then there's going to be a Harley Quinn animated show. And that. So there's going to be a new show constantly. Yeah. But that's it. So you're paying your $7 a month for essentially four new episodes of things in that time. Which doesn't, it's not bad. If you go to iTunes and watch an episode or something, I think it's like $3. Yeah. Something like that to rent. So it's like, I suppose it's equivalent, but if Warner Brothers are going to bring out a streaming network and Disney's going to bring out a streaming network, Disney's going to kill it because they're going to have Star Wars, they're going to have the archive, they're going to have a lot of stuff. Yeah. What's not tied up in already or the other cable networks. Yeah. Yeah. So, so back to Titans. So I was thinking, oh yeah, which, what are we going to get? Because we've got the DC TV with its CW stuff, with Warner, with Flash Arrow and all that, which is kind of fun and family and you know and everything. And then we've got the DC Universe movies, which, which dark. are dark. Yep. And it's like, oh, what's what's Titans going to be? And Titans is, you know, the Teen Titans, they're teenage superheroes. The first trailer that came out for it was a fight where all these thugs are in an alleyway and Robin lands on a car and they go, oh, it's the boy, where's the bat? And oh, it doesn't matter, he's on his own. So they try and take him out and he like takes them all down, curb stomps one guy. And then at the end goes, fuck Batman. It's oh. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like, <laughs> oh, I, thought it was li- I thought it was going to be lighter. <laughs> and no, no, we're gone the DC movie universe sort okay. of route of darkness. It's like, all right, fuck Batman. Okay. That was your first impression of this show. And they swear in it a bit. We're four, I'm four episodes in. It's slow. This is where I'm saying, if it was binging, maybe it might work better. I don't know. I do like having the week. Yeah. But fuck, nothing happens. Okay. Like, it's because it starts off, we don't know his problem with Batman. Dick's moody. 
He's like, yep, you stolen one of Bruce's car. We don't know why. We don't know how, but he's moving on. There is a bit of a comment that he was getting too much like him. And you're seeing in this fight scene where he's like curb stomping a guy. He's like, yeah, you're, you're, you need to get away from that if that's where you're going. So it starts off a very typical storyline where you've got one girl with too much power. She doesn't know what's going on. So there's the Raven character. She's basically got a demon in her. She doesn't know that. Cheryl and Fenn's in it. It's like, ooh, that's great. Five minutes later, bullet to the head. It's like, damn. Aww. So you've got this Raven character, or this Rachel, and Dick, who's Robin. He's, yep. a, he's a police detective. He's in Detroit now, and he sort of looks after her. Then shit happens, and she goes on the run and whatever. So he's looking for her. He's trying to help her. He's a lost soul. You're getting all these flashbacks to why he left Batman or, you know, when he was first adopted by Batman and that sort of stuff. You never see Bruce. It's always sort of silhouettes or from behind. You never sort of see Batman or anything at this point. So you got that sort of storyline. Then you got Starfire, who's in the comics. She's an alien. So she doesn't really know her story. You sort of see her wake up in a car accident. She's sort of waking up. The person next to her is dead. A car pulls up and tries shoots at her, and she sort of gets away. And she can set things on fire and all this sort of stuff. But she's got a bit of amnesia. She's sort of putting plots together that she's been searching for something, but she doesn't know her history. So you're sort of getting them coming together. And then Robin's trying to help this Rachel chick. So she goes and he meets Hawk and Dove, which are like two of my favorite characters from the 80s. And they're like bruisers. Like in, in the comic version, they sort of had the powers of cha- the gods of chaos gave them powers. Yeah. But this, they're just sort of costume vigilantes in a way. So okay. Hawk's this big bruising type. It's yeah. a really cool costume. Probably one of the better costumes I've seen out of all the, especially DC comic accurate costumes. It's really good. And Dove is his girlfriend, who's this blue costume. He's in white and red. She's in blue and white, and she's the more athletic, acrobatic sort of fighter. Sounds pretty interesting. That's kind of cool. So they sort of introduced them into it, and then they've got a history, because I think Dick slept with Dove, and Hawk's not happy about that. And that's true to form in comics. Everyone loves Dick. Like, everybody loves Dick. He's got... Apparently the best ass in comics, if you ask anybody, and they all draw him that way, and he's just like, in a bit, so... Yeah, so anyway, so I, there's all this history they're leading, alluding to where it's going, I don't know. So that sort of happened. So in that three episodes, it's sort of, they're all coming together. And you've got Beast Boy, who's this dude with, he's got green hair in this, he's got green skin in the comics. But, you know, you've got to take these liberties. And he can transform into animals. So at the moment, he's only transforming into a tiger, which is probably the weakest part of the show is the CG, but I understand it's a TV show. So he's transforming into this CG tiger, random bits in the show, but he's only little bits so far. But last night, I watched episode four called Doom Patrol, and it fucking kicked ass. It's like, this should have been the pilot, and it essentially is the pilot for the Doom Patrol series, which is yeah. going to start next time. And so you've got Beast Boy sort of finding Rachel, saying, come home with me, this is where I live. In the X-Mansion, sorry, Doom Patrol Mansion. So he lives there with his wheelchair-clad mentor who helps all these misfits of superpower slash science. Okay. Now, uh, yes, it sounds like they ripped off X-Men. Doom Patrol comic came out two months before X-Men did, back in the 60s. <laughs> Just letting you all know, all right? So, yes, both have a leader in a wheelchair. Both have a bunch of misfits as their things. So this was fun. Like, this moved along at a good pace. It was funny. It was like, this is great. And they're a lot weirder than the X-Men ever were, that's for sure. And they got a big revitalization when Grant Morrison took over the comic in the 90s. Doom Patrol, he did some crazy shit with that comic. You know, we had Scissor Men. They cut you out of reality. Like, literally, they look like scissors and they cut you out of reality. It's crazy concept shit. So, it's good stuff. Go back and read that. But I don't think they're going to go that. I hope they do, but I don't think they're going to go that crazy in the, in the show. But, yeah, so Beast Boy is part of these Doom Patrol guys and they introduce Rachel to it. And it, by the end of it, 
they run away. Mm. But they they've established Doom Patrol. So you've got Elastigirl, who's this. She sort of becomes a cocoon. She's like a nineteen forty starlet, but she has no control of her face, and she becomes sort of freaky and all this sort of stuff. Then you got Negative Man, who's covered in bandages, but he's so positive. Like I think they're radioactive bandages. <laughs> I can't remember his proper power, but it's it's acted by somebody, but it's voiced by Matt Boomer, who was in. Um, Magic Mike and I think Suits is okay. the show he's from. And he's great. He's a great chef in this. You see, he just loves to cook. And there's Robot Man, who's Cliff Steele, who was a world champ race car driver who had an accident and all that was left that they could save was his brain. So his brain is now in this robot. And that's voiced by Brendan Fraser. So, so it, in concept, it sounds it's really good. cool. They've done it really well. Like it's got that, there's a, it's a misfit. It really is a group of misfits. And I can't wait for the Doom Patrol series. I'm plotting through Titans. But mm. now I just give me Doom Patrol now. So hopefully by the end of this, they've already given a season two. Or something, it's only 10 episodes for season one for Titans. But it's like, please, like they've given us. So we've got a season two. It's like, please get somewhere with this. There are rumors going around that there will be a Batman by the end of this season we will see a Batman in this show because it's not like there's 47 Batmans out there at the moment because apparently it's the last season of Gotham this season and he will be Batman by the end of it or a version of Batman by the end of it because he's still in like 14, 15 or something maybe 16 they put a cast out for Pennyworth okay which is the series about Alfred the butler before he was Bruce Wayne's butler. So it's him hanging out with Thomas Wayne when he was in the sea, in the British Secret Service or something like that. Mm. It's like clutching at straws. Alfred's got a series. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's crazy at the moment being a comic fan, but it's just everything bar Batman. Batman's in rehab at the moment. We've got Ben Affleck in rehab and everyone going, Willie, won't he be back? We've got 47 Joker films being made. We've got an Alfred Pennyworth fucking series. <laughs> We've got, you know, fuck Batman with the Titans. It's just like, what? <laughs> Well, comics make money, so I guess that's why they do it. No, Batman makes money. Yeah. That's a problem. That's why I'm loving the fact that Doom Patrol's there. And it's like, go nuts. That's why Guardians of the Galaxy should have changed everyone's idea to say, no, 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 just do something good yeah. and you can make money. You don't have to go back to do the same thing again. So I was like, yeah, please. Mm. So Black Panther's great. The fact that, all right, it's a black superhero in Africa. It doesn't have to be a white guy named Steve in America to make a movie. So yeah. it's like, please just keep going Do and doing that. Different. So that's so I, I did start the DC Network because it's a free month trial. I was like, I'll do that. I'll, I'll get my free month and check it out and see what it's like. But it's like, now I'm there. I'm like, oh, it's only seven bucks. And if I want more of this shit, I should pay for it. Yeah. Because then they'll make, they'll more. make more of this yeah, shit. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, no, maybe I should stick with this because this is what I want. I want Doom Patrol. I want Swamp Thing to be good. So mm. they've got my money at the moment, which is silly. But it's like, no, I, I want more. Please. I, I like what I've started with. But yet, not only does it have all the TV shows I talked about, well, not all the, not much really, yeah. but you can also read comics on there. Oh, so cool. you can look on your big fuck off TV and you can read, there's a curated list of comics you can actually read and stream through. Hmm. So they're trying to give you something yeah, and that sort of thing. And there's exclusive toys, buys and things like that, which I'm just hmm. trying to avoid because I, you know, getting a package, having a lot of time on my hands, impulse buying is not a good thing. No. So yeah, so that's TV for me. All right. Should we jump into movies? Sure. I haven't had a trip to the cinema, but I've had a couple of movies I've watched at home. Probably say one good, one bad. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, a friend of the show, Joel, came over 
and we were just flicking through some of the stuff that they had on demand on Foxtel. Mm -hmm. And being the lead up to Halloween, they had a lot of horror movies on there. And we were just flicking through and we realized that neither of us had seen Ghoulies. I can remember seeing the cover in the video shop many times. Monster in the Toilet, yeah? Yeah. 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 I can remember seeing it many times in the video shop, but I don't think I'd ever seen it. Never seen it either. So we thought we'd give that a go. And 1985? Yeah, it's, I think it's early 80s. Mm. It came out the same year that Gremlins did. I know oh, that. But I think, then. yeah, well, there you go. But I think Gremlins got a lot more well, mainstream recognition. It's, it's, a, it's a family movie. Yeah, and Ghoulies is definitely not a family mm. movie, despite the fact that there is puppets in it. But it was short. It was only 77 minutes. So we thought, yeah, we've got 77 minutes to kill. We'll give this a go. It very much felt like a TV movie, and the acting in it was less than great, I'll say. But if you're looking for a fun horror movie that you want to sit around with a couple of mates and just have a good laugh at the expense of the movie, I would recommend Ghoulies. The effects, as I said, weren't great. The but puppetry. Well, they, they were practical effects and they were puppets mm. for the little creatures. And they were kind of well done. Okay. But a couple of the characters were really annoying. There was one guy called Dick. And as you said about Dick being Robin, that everyone loves Dick, he actually uses the line, but everyone loves Dick. But by the end of it, you're sort of sitting there going, well, I hope he's the first one to die. <laughs> I can't remember if he was or not, though. But yeah, as I said, it's not great, but it's one of those bad movies that you can get a lot of fun out of. Mm-hmm. But the other movie that I... remember Critters? That, yeah, again... I, I never I, saw that either. No, I can remember seeing the, the cover of the mm. video for that, but again, I never actually saw it. But something else that I will recommend that I would say is a good movie, and that's I, Tonya, which is the Tonya Harding story. Yeah. I didn't know a lot about Tonya Harding other than the fact that the whole... Nancy Kerrigan getting hit in the knee yep. and, you know, the Olympics sort of side of things. I didn't know any of her story, how she grew up or anything like that. And this is basically the story of what got her to that well, point. She was the white trash yeah, and she, she was up against was. the princess. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't really discuss Nancy all that much in this movie. It is purely about how Tonya grew up. I heard it's well done. Oh, it's it's very well done. interestingly done. It's it, funny. Yeah. It's you'd say it's a dark comedy, mm. and it's sort of filmed like a documentary with the current day Tonya and her mum and her husband talking to camera Actually, about no, oh. talking about how the incident of Nancy Kerrigan getting a knee broken sort of led up. But there's stages in it where they will sort of be reenacting something and then they'll sort of stop and talk to the camera and they'll break the fourth wall okay. and they'll sort of go, this actually did happen and, you know, this is why we're showing you in it's the like movie. Pain game. Yeah, it's very yeah. much like painting game. But I haven't seen a lot of Margot Robbie's movies. I haven't seen Suicide Squad. You haven't seen Wolf of Wall Street? I haven't seen Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, you yeah. see a lot of Margot Robbie in yeah. that. So I, I saw her in some grifter movie where her and Will Smith were doing racetrack robberies. No, I can't even remember what it was called now. But uh, that's probably the only thing that I can think of that stands out of what I've seen her in. But she was really good in this. And she plays Tonya Harding really well. The people that they've cast as her husband and her bodyguard and her mum, they, they've got little footage at the end where they show the real people. And the people they've cast in the movie look identical to the people that they're meant to look like, which is really good. The only thing I will say against the movie is the soundtrack's a bit out there. It's set sort of late 80s, early 90s when she was getting ready for the Olympics, but all of the music in it to start with is kind of 60s music. And then when they're in the 90s, it's very 80s music. And it kind of takes you out of it a little bit because it it does look 
authentic for late 80s, early 90s, but the music just doesn't fit, which is a bit of a shame. But I would recommend it. it is it it's, entertaining? It's very entertaining. It's long. It's about two hours long. Did it make you go and research? Oh, I, I, as soon as the movie finished, I hit the wiki. How accurate was it? Because they sort of made her out not to be a hero, but I mean, she did it. Well, I don't know the story, but she did organize someone to have a well, No, she didn't. Is The, is the issue is know? that. Did she know? Exactly. The whole issue is it's her husband and her husband's best mate, who is her bodyguard, decided that they would make it easy for Tonya to get into the Olympics now, by taking is... out her rival. This is how they portrayed in the movie. Yeah, okay, yeah. And over the whole course of it in real life was did she know? Was she involved? Mm. And the main crux of the movie is did she know? And they don't really sort of say yes or no. She kind of has the idea that they are doing something, but she doesn't know that they're actually physically going to attack Nancy Kerrigan. Mm. So, yeah. And in the end of it, you kind of feel sorry for her. And that's that, that was an issue with a, yeah. lot of, a lot of people had with this movie because yeah. they, they sort of championed her in a way. And did she deserve it? Well, she had, if, if the movie's anything to go by, she had a really shit upbringing. And her mother pretty much, you know, slave drove, drove her to be a, an ice skater from when she was four years so old. So Elton Jenny? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she won the Academy. Didn't yeah, she yeah. deserved it because she was really good. She's a real villain of the piece. She is, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really liked it. And as I said, I didn't know a lot about Tonya Harding other than the fact that yeah, you know, her main rival got taken out and she broke her lace when she was skating and she kind of cracked the sads and wanted a retry, which she did get. But yeah, she was always that white trash, not quite good enough to be America's sweetheart for mm. a figure skater and kind of had the wrong outfits because she was poor, danced to the wrong music, skated to the wrong music, but she could do moves that no one else could. And that's why she got where she was. But yeah, I, I really liked it. As okay. I said, I, I had a couple of issues with the music, but the movie itself, I, I really enjoyed. Cool. Well, I mean, it got great reviews and yeah. obviously I, I can many see nominations. And I think Margot Robbie did a lot of the skating herself. They had proper professionals to do the big tricks and stuff like that. But she did learn how to skate and did a lot of it herself. And she was one of the producers on the movie too. The so. Important question. Yeah. Is it as good as Blades of Glory? I haven't seen Blades oh, of Glory, so I, I can't tell. Or Sandcastle. I've seen Ice Princess. Oh, nice. Mm. With uh, Dawn from Buffy. Yes. Yeah. But anyway. Michelle Trachtenberg, thank you. That's the one. I just couldn't think what her real name was. But anyway. Um, okay. That cool. was that was my movies. All right. So my one cinema experience, I went last week, and it's got nothing to do with that at all. It's not a biopic on any relation with a music base in there at all. It's I Saw Bohemian Rhapsody. Hmm. Now, I'm sure we've talked in the past that I'm a massive Queen fan. You're a massive Queen Yeah, that too. Yes. So my, my music history, I don't know what yours is like, but, you know, you go through listening to your parents' music yeah, and then you give up on that. Yep. So I, I, I don't steal like Barbara Streisand or Dottie West and Kenny Rogers. You know, I, I moved on. You know, 1986 Just for Kicks was my first purchased music for myself. I did buy The Village People You Can't Stop the Music single earlier. I don't know why and how that came about. I don't remember. It was like a great <laughs> one. But 96 Just for Kicks, I bought, you know, the compilation album. How genius are those? You can buy all these different songs. And back then, you know, you could buy the KTEL version with the sound-alike version of yeah. the real actual artists. When that was an issue, you know, you could buy a compilation album that's cheaper with sound-alikes. But anyway, there you go, kids. That's, yep. that's what it used to be like for us. But my first getting into music, I think In Excess was my first band or it's like this is my band yeah yeah and then kick came out which is when they became the biggest band in the world yeah and i didn't like that and you fell off the nxs bandwagon pretty much devil insiders what did it for me six minutes of shit (laughs) it's like (laughs) i don't like this 
Where's Shibu Shiba? <laughs> so yeah, um, I sort of came off that, and I became a Queen fan. Okay, and it wasn't because of Highlander, because we've talked about in the past. I'm not a Highlander fan. Yeah, I mean I am, but not like you were. No, no, I just I saw it later. You know, I just was a Queen fan. I don't know how. Maybe it was Flash Gordon subconsciously that got me there. I don't know. It could be. So, you know, for most Queen fans, this is the night of the opera. It's the works. It's yeah. all these sort of things. For me, the miracle was the one I bought, which was my first so the, Queen album. The second last album? I think so. Yeah. An innuendo. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. So I got in there late. Okay. That's fine. And greatest hits, obviously. Well, I had greatest hits on cassette. Okay. And I remember when I first moved to Victoria from South Australia mm. and I started a new school in the middle of the school year and I didn't quite fit in with the other kids. I would listen to Another One Bites the Dust and We Are the Champions in the Morning to fire me up before I got on the school bus. So, yeah, I, I can relate totally to being really. a Queen fan in the yes. 80s. I don't know what I bought first. Probably the greatest hits or whatever. Now, both being wrestling fans. <laughs> Junkyard Dog. Yep. It was the first to use entrance music like that, contemporary music. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a bone of contention whether he was the first, but he was definitely the most popular. one of the most the first, popular. Yep. The first to popularise that. Because yep. everyone had music, but he had a popular song. Yeah. And God was a good. Like, yeah. was he even a good wrestler? No, but or was, was it the good song? character. Did the song help? Uh, oh, definitely. If it wasn't for the song, would we have JYD I think remembered was, the way I we I think were. it was the package. I think yeah. it was the fact that he had Another One Bites the Dust and he danced in the ring and he got the kids out of the audience to dance with him. So good. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that was probably my exposure to Queen was probably through JYD. Okay. Which is strange. But yes, that that's it. So, you know, I got in there and the music's good and then I... Around 1990, I started going to record fairs and stuff like that. Buying old vinyl. What a fucking hipster I was in 1990. <laughs> so I went back and I got Queen Live Killers double album and all these sort of things. I got Night at the Opera. It was like $3. You know, it's like, it's great. So you go back. So I, I'm, I say I'm a Queen fan. There's definitely holes in my Queen knowledge yep. and whatever, but I'm aware of Queen. So, and later Queen, obviously. Like yep. Innu- I remember when Innuendo came out, I wanted to love that album so much. <laughs> and I probably should give it another listen because I was probably too young for it. And it probably not as bad as I remember. But yes, there's some good stuff on there. I went through today and added my um, Spotify Queen playlist. <laughs> and I just kept adding songs going, yep, that's a good one. That's a good one. And we talked about Baby Driver a couple of months back. Yeah. Because Brighton Rock is one of your faves. Yeah, I wouldn't know it. I didn't know it. It's not on any of the... um, It might be on Greatest Hits Volume 2, but it's definitely not on Greatest Hits. Well, I remember it from one of their live albums. I can't even remember which one it is. I probably have it on Live Killers. Yeah, yeah, it it probably is Live Killers. And it's just like, oh... Because you, you popped when we're watching Baby Driver and he goes, oh, Brighton Rock, and you're like, fucking yeah, you punch the air. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a great song. I'm like, mm, doesn't resonate with me as a Queen song. I mean, I know Night of the Opera really well. Yeah. But not they had Day of the Races and Spiral. What's this? Anyway, there's a few yeah. there that I just don't really know. I know the hits off it, but I don't know the album itself. Mm. So anyway, long story short, that's my history of being a Queen fan. I mean, a kind of magic I fucking adore. So I probably, it was probably already out, but the miracle I bought and then I went back and got a kind of magic and that is, yeah, that's my teen angst album. <laughs> like there was nothing in it. It's not like when I found Pearl Jam's 10 where all those songs were great and I was angsty and, and then Pretty Hate Machine by Nine Inch Nails was where every song spoke to me. None of that sort of stuff. It was just, it had the anger and the drive and theatrics and drama of everything was a kind of magic. That was it. 
yeah. and the fact that it was a soundtrack to a movie that I'd seen once it didn't really matter except the first song on the album One Vision One Vision from, from Iron Eagle which I saw plenty of times but yeah. anyway so yeah that's that's my Queen sort of history yeah. so and I know and I've watched a lot of docos I love Freddy and I love Queen so going in I'm watching this going this is my movie this is this is great I also went in with a little bit of trepidation because Sasha Baron Cohen was going to be producing and making this movie starring as Freddie himself. Yeah. He would have been terrible Freddie as far as height goes because he's like six foot six. Yeah. But he's such a method actor. Like the fact he gets into the role of Borat on those sort of things where he commits to those characters so strongly. And if he really wanted to make a Freddie Mercury biopic, he would yeah, have committed. He would definitely to be Freddie. So I was very interested in seeing that movie. That fell through because... Obviously, Queen being Queen, there's other members to that band, I think, and they've got to sign off on all this. You yeah. can't make a Queen movie without the Queen music. No. So, he's talking about, we'll do this, we'll do this, we'll do this, and again, yeah, but what about the rest of the band? What about the story after he dies? And what about this and that? And goes, there, there is no story after he dies. Exactly. That's the end yeah. of the movie. And they go, no, but the band went on and did all these things. It's like, the movie ends when Freddie dies. <laughs> and it was like, well, you're not making the movie then. So it fell apart after that. <coughs> so knowing that going in, I sort of was tainted watching it a little, going, because oh, there's a few scenes in there where it's sort of like pandering to the band almost, saying, well, without this, you did, we couldn't have done that. And without your this and without your that, I'm like, oh, I don't want to know because I just wanted to <laughs> enjoy it. And I feel bad because I came out not knowing what I felt okay. about the film, where my wife absolutely adored it. My Facebook feed is full, full of people, of people love loving it. it. Yeah. I was like, did I say it wrong? Because I wanted to like it. And I liked it. I wanted to love it. And maybe I wanted to too much. Maybe. And, and just as bits. And I was getting confused in bits going, hang on, is that really now? Mm. Did that happen that way? It's not from the docos and what I've read. I didn't feel right. So, And then I did some Googling after. And yeah, that timing was a bit out. Okay. So factually inaccuracies were there. And this is where I'm wondering about I Tiny Room. We talked about it when we did a, on my um, Shooting the Pooh podcast, we did a thing called, um, a comic called Blankets, which was really good. But my mate had a real bugbear with the fact that it was an autobiographical comic and he had a sister, but the sister was never in the comic. And he goes, why isn't she there? And he goes, she wasn't important to the story. So he yeah. just took her out. I was like, but she's important to his life. But it's like, yeah, but the story. Yeah. And William Goldman, who wrote The Princess Bride and Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and all that, he wrote a great book about writing screenplays. And he wrote All the President's Men. Mm. Now that's about the Watergate scandal. And he made a big point is everyone knew the Watergate scandal. I had to write a movie about it. But it's been in the news. It was the biggest story in America had it to the point. And it was not long after it happened. And you've got to pick what story to tell in the whole thing. So yep. he picked that few days when they broke in and wrote the story and got the information out. And that's what happened with Queen. You've got a career that lasts from 1970 to 91. Yeah. So you've got 20 years, you've got to tell a story from that. And it's like, which bit do you tell? And they told a lot of it. So it pretty much goes a 16-year career on this sort of thing. And there's so many iconic moments. It's not like they got one song and they go, all right, well, let's tell the story of that, how that one song came about. So you've got the story of Freddie and then it's like how they became a band then how they recorded their first album. Then yeah. it's like Bohemian Rhapsody, how did that happen? Then they went to this and then that happened and then there's a whole, you know, he came out as gay and then this and then that. And then there's Live Aid. And then there's. So there are so many moments you have to hit. And I guess you have to cut the story somewhere. And maybe you have to mesh bits together somehow okay. to make it fit in a two, two and a plus hour movie. Yeah. You know, if I wanted to see the music, I could probably go and watch Live at Wembley. You know, I can buy that on DVD or probably Blu ray and listen to it perfectly. I could do that. Yeah. I've done that. 
but you know what it got the spirit right and and that's probably I was looking for something more okay. and it just didn't do it but I think I got to go back because everyone loved it so much I think I did it wrong cuz it's like okay they got certain bits wrong time wise but it's like is it important and that's why it's, I'm going back to that blanket story where is his sister important to the story Probably not. Yeah. Because I didn't miss the sister because I didn't read it. Didn't know he had one until I read it after. So I was like, does it matter? If I knew that, because you've said one of the podcasts we used to listen to, Alison John, he's a massive Queen fan. He's yeah. got the yellow jacket, doesn't he? Or a yeah, replica of the, the yellow jacket the from Wembley. Yeah. And he interviewed the actors and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, so he got to interview Remy Malik, And the first thing he said at the start of the interview was, you're probably going to get a lot of fans that are like absolute queen Nazis and I am that man. And the first thing he said to them is, how come you've got a mustache in this scene when Freddie didn't grow his mustache until you know 1980, whatever. Mm. So I think there is a lot of people that probably are sitting there going, you know, this isn't right. That's not right. This mm. bit's not right. But I think if you do look at it for entertainment value, like I haven't seen it yet and I, I am keen to see it while it's still at the cinema, but I can see why some people would get annoyed with it. And I, I think I saw it wrong. I really yeah. do. Because everyone's loving it so much. And I was like, that's what I wanted. Why didn't I? Yeah. And I knew as well behind the scenes that Brian Singer is credited as director. And he directed most of the movie. I didn't know how much he directed. But for reasons, he was sacked from the film two weeks prior to finish filming. Those reasons are a lot. One of them is Remy Malik was pissed off with his professionalism. And Other professionalism? Yeah, well, lack of. Yeah. And being stuff thrown at him. Okay. Or being thrown and the fact he would just not turn up on set. Oh. A lot. So director of photography had to direct quite a bit. And Brian Singer has a reputation of this because I had friends who worked on Superman Returns in hmm. Sydney. And, you know, if he turned up, that was great. You know, he just went missing during Mardi Gras for a week and a bit. Ah. So, yeah, sort of like, oh, he turned up today, did he? So, yes, he has a reputation for unprofessionalism. Okay. And also there is a bit of a scandal around him at the time as well. Yeah. Sort of, eh, let's just go away from this. So, I didn't know how much was what. So, Dexter Fletcher, Spike from Press Gang, if you remember that show. Okay. And he was in Lock, Stocks and Two Smoking Barrels and a few other things. Yep. He was actually directing Rocket Man, the Elton. Yeah, I saw Elton the first John trailer movie. for that the other day. And that looks pretty good. Yeah, so he directed it. So I wanted this to be magical. Like, it's Freddy. I wanted Freddy to be treated like magic yeah. in a way. So I wanted the screen to capture Freddy. Now, Freddy is an enigma and probably the greatest showman. My Not generation. Hugh Jackman. No. So it's like I wanted that captured. And yeah. it was sort of a slice of life documentary feel. Some of it very British. It felt very British, which is probably good because it is. It's a very British story. Yeah. It's not American. You didn't want it too flamboyant. But I wanted it to capture what Freddie evoked. And there were just scenes that didn't do it enough. And then other times it did. And so, like, that's what I wanted. And, and in my head I'm thinking, was that a singer? Was that a Fletcher? Was that, you know, singer was the bigger director and he captured that, but this is a more grounded. But when I heard it's like only two weeks of filming to go when Fletcher took over and then he did all post, like the catch-up shots and things like that. So I was like, eh, it's probably singer's movie and all that. Okay. So, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, the Wembley bits are amazing. Apparently, it was weeks of shooting to get all that done, and that looked amazing, and it felt... It's the crescendo of the movie, as it should be. Yeah. It did what it had to do, and the music's freaking awesome. Yeah. Like, as you just, you know, you just hear songs, and you're going, yes, yes, that's right. 
I mean, it's one thing, miss. You, yeah. As a Queen fan, you have favourites that aren't hits. Mm. You know, I'm sort of like, yeah, they're not going to play the one I like. But then they play one, so like, fuck, that's good. And God, this do- is good. Oh, that's a good song too. God damn, this game's good. And they use the, the original music, don't they? He just mimes to it. Like, <sighs> Remy Malik didn't sing at all. They use his voice. They got a sound alike and then as well as Freddie. I think they merged the three together. Yeah, but it's not like the... Johnny Cash movie with no, 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 Phoenix no, no. where he I think, re-recorded I think it's the th- there's three voices okay. to make it. Remy Malik is amazing. Like, they cast really well. Like, he looks at it. They cast really well, all yep. of them. It's good. It's fun. It's tragic. It's it's everything it should be. It's the Freddie Mercury film. And I just, I wanted it be, to be magical. Mm. And I don't know how they could have. You just wanted more. Yeah. And I think I just, I, I think it was me. It was me. Like, it. Everyone else is enjoying it so much. And it's amazing. Like, my feed is full. Like, obviously, it's an age group thing yeah. where everyone's going to see it. Everybody's loving it. And it's like, so they should. Yep. So I'm definitely going to go back again because I think I stuffed up. Okay. I think I watched it wrong. Well, I'm um, planning to see it in the next couple of weeks. So yeah. by the time we record again, maybe we can revisit. Yeah, I might have to go to IMAX and see it. And as, you know, uh, Jules, a friend of mine, he um, he put out there that he stayed till the end. Everyone, it's just to the end. It's just such a unique experience that, like, this is a movie about a right type of person capturing the right zeitgeist where people are going to see it. It's an event film and they're staying to the end, not because Sam Jackson's at the end, <laughs> because they're listening to the music. Listening to the song, yep. And it's like, hmm. wow. And like I said, I was putting my Spotify to list. I put a Queen one together and I was just adding song after song after song after song. And it's like, they had a good crew. Well, they did. They had a lot of good music. Mm. Yes. All right, so yeah, that's enough of me talking about Bohemian Rhapsody. I yeah. did like it. I just, I demanded more, but I, I think I watched it wrong. So the problem's you, not the movie. Yes, definitely me. Mm. Definitely me. All righty, Bob, we have gone a little bit longer than normal this month, so it's probably a nice place for us to wrap it up now. So if you do have any feedback for us, if you want to jump on our Facebook and tell us that, yeah, you love Bohemian Rhapsody or maybe you didn't like it either and why you didn't like it. So you can find us online. We are facebook.com slash the Massive Attack Podcast. You can find us on our website, which is themapodcast.podbean.com or you can find us on Twitter as the MA Podcast as well. Cool. So, yes, until next month, well, in a couple of weeks when we'll be back for our next little Welcome to My World. Tie your mother down. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Maybe see. Maybe we should finish with a Queen song rather than finding that Burt Bacharach stuff. No, got to no. do the blob. <laughs> All right. I said it. We got it. We got to do the blob. Def- maybe a little bit, and then you can go into a Queen song. We'll see. Stay tuned to the you credits. You do the edit. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> All righty. And until then, thank you, Mitch. Thank and you. we'll see you next month. Bye.
Beware of the blob, it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor, right through the door and all around the wall. A splotch, a blotch, be careful of the blob. Everyone loves dick.